Hey guys, if you're interested in checking out a video version of the show, please visit the Low Key Geek channel on YouTube. There you can not only catch the video version of the podcast, but you can also check out my other projects and short form video that I produce. You can find a link in the description. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? On this week's episode of Movie Time, we're going to talk about the Gray Man. Do the Russo brothers have a future outside of Marvel? And was $200 million the right amount of money for Netflix to pay for this movie? Talk about all that on Movie Time. So sit back, relax, get your snack, eat your popcorn. You know what time it is. It's Movie Time now. What's happening, y'all? It's movie time! Got myself, Renee, Loki Geek here, running solo. Blake the Wolf, unfortunately, was not able to join me on this episode due to scheduling conflicts. So you're stuck with me. Deal with it. I'm sorry. Um, so this will probably probably be a shorter episode, but definitely wanted to talk about The Gray Man since that's the latest movie that has the internet a buzz and Netflix kind of high-fiving each other saying, yeah, we did it. We spent 200 million and it seems to work. Now let's make it a, a universe. Let's make it a franchise or what have you. But yeah, we'll talk all about that stuff. Um, so thank you for those returning and tuning in. If you are new and you just happen to come across this channel and you're wondering who's this bozo on the video screen right here, well, I'm Renee, Loki Geek. That's the channel. That's the YouTube channel here. Uh, we do this weekly episode where two buds talk about and bullshit about movies. Right now, it's just me, so I'm just going to be bullshitting by myself, but it's okay. I'm having a conversation with all of you watching and listening. So if you're new, welcome. If you haven't done so already and you like what you see, hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe. But most importantly, I love conversations, and I've had some great conversations with a lot of viewers and listeners so don't forget, leave your comments. Let me know what your thoughts are on the video or the movie we're talking about. And in this case, it is The Gray Man. Would love to hear your thoughts and what you, uh, if you liked it, if you didn't like it, uh, if you agree or disagree with anything I've said, please, let's have a great conversation about it. Um, and hit that notification bell as well so that you can get notified every time a new video is uploaded on the channel. And if you prefer to listen in an audio format, you can find the Loki Geek channel there on your podcast platform of choice where you could find this episode and many others uploaded there as well. And if you do happen to go there and you download an episode, thank you. Keep doing that. And if it prompts you, leave an awesome rating because that can really go a long way. And it's free. It doesn't cost you a thing. The liking, the subscribing, I'm not asking you for any money. It'd be great if you want to show additional support and you happen to see an ad play throughout the video, check out the ad. If it's something that you're interested in, use the links provided in the description there. And, you know, it will help, you know, earn the channel some money so we could keep this train rolling and it'll be much, much appreciated. Um, but with that, all that out of the way, let's talk about the gray man. So when I heard the news, which is interesting news, when Netflix uh, funded the Russo's next project that is outside of the Marvel Universe. Um, I thought that was cool. You know, I thought, hey, that's great. You know, the Russos are going to try their hand at doing other movies because 
they obviously cannot just be tied to Marvel, right? But they've done an amazing job in a lot of the Marvel movies they were a part of, you know. Um, the Captain Americas, your Endgame and Infinity War and all that stuff, you know, they did an amazing job with those things. But, you know, one who is a fan of movies, you oftentimes will get curious about, well, what can they do outside of that realm? Um, but the, the shocker of that news that broke was that Netflix spent $200 million as a budget for this movie to be made. For a title, or I should say an IP, that not a lot of people probably even know about. Now, The Gray Man is based off of a series of novels, um, but it's something that I personally was not familiar with. So I'm curious if any of you uh, were familiar with those novels and you know how it translates onto the screen there. But $200 million, and it is the most expensive budgeted project that Netflix has gone into uh, to um, business with, uh, especially with two directors there. Now, you think, okay, the Russos have proven themselves very well, and, you know, it's probably worth the money. But with how Netflix has been going lately, you know, they're constantly in debt. Uh, they're losing subscribers, right? They Because of all of that stuff, they have recently announced that they are altering their business approach, right? They're not going to be spending so much money on IPs and properties and all that stuff like that. Uh, they're going to be a little bit more selective. Uh, so this is probably the last time we're going to hear such a big amount of money has been spent on a certain project. Now, previously, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it was The Irishman, uh, the Martin Scorsese movie. Uh, with De Niro and all that. They came out several years ago. And the triumphant return of Joe Pesci. Uh, but it was like, what, six hours long or something like that? Um, so I wouldn't say that was like a triumph. Now, this apparently was. It pretty much overtook the number one spot as far as streaming on the Netflix platform. It now, as of the recording of this episode, and I'm recording this on uh, Thursday night, the 28th, uh, it beat Stranger Things season four, Umbrella Academy. Um, and basically, like I said, it took over to the number one spot as far as the most streaming um, um, program on Netflix. And now they made an announcement that there's going to be working. They're going to be working on a sequel. And it looks like now this is going to be a new universe that the Russo brothers are going to be helming on Netflix, which is awesome. But what about the movie? How was it? I'll tell you. First of all, the runtime wasn't that bad. Two hours and two minutes. It, it literally flew by for me personally. Um, I was pretty much entertained uh, all throughout. I don't feel like there is a very solid story base there. It's pretty. Okay. This is. Let me try to play it out. Lay it out for you. Basically, the way I felt about the movie is the Russo brothers obviously are fans of, you know, they're nerds and they love um, they love old school action movies. I'm sure they're huge fans of Speed and, um, you know, The Rock, uh, Rush Hour and, and movies like that. I'm sure they're huge fans of that movie, uh, of, of those movies, right? Even like going back to like the 80s and the 90s, you know, cheese type action movies. You could tell they're huge fans of it. I also feel like they, they sat down 
Michael Bay one day was probably giving like a action movies webinar or, or, or seminar or a master class, right? And they were probably the first to attend it. They're sitting there front row, front and center. And they just took all the notes because there were so many Bayisms throughout this movie. Now, there wasn't like the spinning camera angle, you know, or anything like that. That is a signature Bay move. But somehow the memo went out that drones are the next big thing for action movies. If you watched Ambulance, Michael Bay used the shit out of those things. And it does create a certain visual aspect to action movies that I actually appreciate. It wasn't that bad. Um, but the Russos pretty much did the same exact thing. Now, the Russos did a little bit something different when it comes to drones. And basically, you know, you could tell that they were using it as part of the action sequences and all that stuff like that. But it wasn't all like live shots. You could tell like some shots were kind of altered and maybe like kind of stitched together with some CG and all that stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> and you could tell by some of the transitions, you know, some of that was done. Um, so it wasn't all full like live shots like what B Michael Bay did in Ambulance. But it does create for some interesting visual aspects. Um, this movie is super fast paced. Oh, my God. I felt like I couldn't take a breath all throughout the two hours. You know, there were some moments where it kind of like calmed down a little bit, you know, allowed you to kind of um, catch up, you know, relax a bit in between all the action scenes and all that. But my God, it was like scene after scene after scene and something after something after something and blah, 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 blah. You know, like it was just, it drove me nuts. You know, it was just like, what's happening? Oh, no, this, that. Oh, my God, we're going over there. Did it, did it, did it, got shot. Yeah, it was insanity. It was insanity. And but for whatever reason, and maybe I am not amongst. Oh, I mean, from what I've seen, the movie has been mixed as far as uh, reviews are concerned. But I was entertained. I enjoyed it. You know, I was like, yeah, there were a lot of scenes that were very campy and cheesy and and. You know, it's interesting that the Russos really have a particular style. Um, and there are certain scenes that I would just laugh at because it's very absurd or very over the top. Or they try to squeeze in like some comical moments in there, you know. And it's very much what you've expected if you are a fan of their Marvel films. Um, first thing that comes to mind is Winter Soldier, right? that or, or civil war like it it is so much in alignment with those type of movies where it's a lot of seriousness and action and all that stuff like that but there's a lot of moments where it's like over the top chris evans his villainous role in this movie was very enjoyable but at moments it was extremely over the top you know where he's always making smart witty comments um but it you know, it felt like the type of villains that you would see in, for example, like Lethal Weapon, you know, always with the quips and all that stuff like that, you know. And again, you could tell that they've borrowed from a lot of their love and fandom of these classic action movies. And they kind of use their own stylings to pay homage to all of that stuff. But they do have a certain style and it does feel like you're watching 
a non-Marvel Marvel movie. That's what I took away from it. It was very, very similar to a Marvel movie, with no, with, with the exception being that there are no superheroes in it. it. You take out Captain America, you you take out Winter Soldier, you take out Black Widow, and all that stuff like that, and you just replace it with so and so Ryan Gosling, so and so Chris Evans, and so and so you know Ana de Armas. There you go. It's the same type of movie, but everyone within their roles are superheroes. No one really dies. No one really gets, you know, well, some, some, you know, again, we'll, we'll talk about spoilers in a minute, but some people do catch the business at the end and all that. But really, it's like nothing is impossible with these people. You know, they're like supercharged human beings who can do everything. Um, but it was entertaining. I have to admit, it was thoroughly entertaining, despite the craziness and uh, frenetic energy and all that stuff like that. Um, let's talk about, I mean, I, I mean, I talked a lot about the action scenes and the way the movie was put together. Um, like I said, it really does feel like you're watching a comic book movie, a superhero comic book movie. Um, they even, you know what? The movie was entertaining. The acting and the chemistry was really good. I want I want to talk more in depth about a lot of the things. So I'm going to go into some spoiler territory. So if you haven't seen the movie yet and you don't want to be spoiled, I ask that you bookmark this, come back to it later, and then you could kind of like, you know, share your thoughts about everything else. But I am curious. Do let me know what you think about The Gray Man. Was this something that you feel like the $200 million was very well spent and you're looking forward to the franchise that they're going to create now? Or was this just shallow fluff and you were just like, meh? You know, I know for a fact that even though I wasn't able to do this episode with Blake, that was his feeling. He was kind of like, meh, you know, shrugged shoulders and all like that. And I'm very curious as to what it was that kind of didn't do it for him, you know, so hope maybe eventually down the line we'll talk about it. But like I said, it worked for me. I was entertained. Was it like one of the greatest action movies I've ever seen? No. You know, but for those two hours that I was sitting there, I was, you know, thoroughly pretty entertained for the most part. You know, it got me to enjoy some action scenes. It got some chuckles out of me. Yeah, there were some like eye roll moments too. Um, but for the most part, it was just pretty entertaining. But I just love the, the one takeaway, major takeaway that about this movie is, is the chemistry amongst the entire cast. Like everyone looked like they were enjoying themselves. Everyone was, you know, all dialed in. Uh, even Billy Bob Thornton, you know, he was all in on this. And he, I thought he did for the role that he had. I thought he did an amazing job. And let's not ignore uh, Danush the the famous Indian action actor there. Woo! That dude was phenomenal. You know, I'm glad we were able to see him on the screen there. And I really, really can't wait and hope I can see more of him in the future. But yeah, let me know your thoughts about the movie uh, as a whole. Uh, I liked it. You know, um, and I'm wondering if you liked it as well. So, hey, guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. But before we continue, I wanted to quickly talk about Bulletproof Coffee. Bulletproof Coffee is my favorite coffee of choice to start off my mornings with. Why? Because it's clean coffee. What does that mean? Well, one, 
There are no chemicals in it. Why? Because they go through this multi-step process of making sure that all of their beans are fully clean and free of any chemicals so that when you get the beans delivered to you, it is the pure beans, the pure coffee, the goodness that you've been wanting, the taste, the flavor, and the nutritional value as well without worrying about any added chemicals or anything else put into the mix there. Um, it also doesn't have that weird acidic taste that some coffees give you. I don't know how about you, but for me, some coffees kind of give me that weird sensation in my stomach, makes me a little burpy, and it kind of drags me down a little bit instead of really waking me up, uh, which is something that I need for my coffee every day. Bulletproof also offers a lot of keto-friendly snacks and supplements, anything that you need to kind of add to your everyday nutritional needs, add to your diet, and make you and pretty much transforms the way you feel uh, every day. So uh, for a limited time, if you use this code on that you see on the screen right now, LOWKEYGEEK, all caps, one word, you can get 15% off your order. So what what is it better than that, right? Check out the link in the description of this episode. Use this code, get yourself your discount, and make your mornings a little bit more bulletproof with Bulletproof Coffee. Now, back to the episode. That being said, I'm going to go into spoiler territory right now just because I don't want to feel like I have to kind of censor myself as I'm saying certain things, right? So let's talk about some of the acting and all that. You know, that the action scenes were very well done. The best action scene and the most frenetic, the most chaotic was when they were in Prague. You know, there is this moment where Ryan Gosling's character, uh, who goes by the name of uh, Court, Court Gentry, um, a very, very interesting name there, Court Gentry. Uh, he was going to Prague because they are trying to locate, or he's trying to locate, one, one of his former mentors, played by the brilliant Alfred Woodard, uh, who, again, this is a star-studded cast. It's amazing how many people were in this movie. But yeah, Alfred, she, you know, older in age, suffering from lung cancer, uh, residing in Prague. So he decides to go over there uh, to get her help. And all the bad guys figure out, and bad guys being Chris Evans and his henchmen and hired guns uh, who are after Ryan Gosling court because he's in possession of uh, a microfiche. No, not <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> he has the microfiche and we have to get it back. Um, when was microfiche, you know, kind of outdated? I remember all the action movies back in the day. It always had to deal with microfiche. You know, the microfiche. He, he's in possession of the microfiche. Uh, but no, it's in this day and age, he's in the possession of a thumb drive, right? A, a USB thumb drive. Um, Chris Evans' character goes by Lloyd Hansen. Lloyd Hansen. Good old Lloyd Hansen. Um, and uh, yeah, so basically, Court had a job, found out the person that he was going up against, uh, who was Sierra 4, Court is considered Sierra Six. These are operatives working for the CIA, but in the gray area, meaning they're under the radar. No one knows anything about them. No one knows whatever they do. That's why they can get away with a lot of stuff. But at the same time, if they die, oh well, no one knows that either, right? So that's kind of the the caveat there. 
So Court is Sierra 6. So very similar to like a Mission Impossible or a Bond movie where you encountered the previous double O or whatever the case is. He encounters his previous, you know, person in that role who is in possession of all this incriminating evidence against a new head of this division in the CIA, uh, Denny, right? Played by um, uh, Reggie Jean Jean Page, right? This guy is getting a lot of work, you know, so it's interesting to see him pop up in a lot of things. So there's some incriminating evidence there, and Ryan's like, "Uh uh-oh, like, this is not what I signed up for. So he decides to take it, and then he kind of, now he's on the run. Knowing what he's in possession of, Chris Evans uh, Lloyd is kind of like, you know, kind of like a hitman for hire for the CIA or whatever the case is. But he's also part of this gray area where he can get away with a lot of crazy stuff that may not be fully sanctioned by the CIA or whatever the case is. So he's now in charge of going after him, going after Ryan there, right? So... The whole deal with Prague was that he, you know, court needs to find a way to decode all this incriminating evidence to download and possibly share it with the press or whatever. Just blow things up, right, to to kind of open the window and, and do whatever you need to do with it, right, to, you know, put down the regime, so to speak. Um. So they go there, and then Chris catches wind that he's there. And Chris now hires all of these, like, men for hire. Basically, there's, like, three teams of, like, six or seven or eight people, right, that are now in Prague trying to get Ryan, right, and everything. And this action sequence felt like it was 30 minutes. It felt it was a huge chunk of the middle part of the movie. And it was just once once shit hits the fan and once the action started, you better have made sure you went to the bathroom already because you couldn't, you didn't want to miss anything because literally it was like stuff after stuff after stuff after stuff. It just kept going and going and going and it was freaking crazy and nuts. You know, and Ana de Armas, who's also part of the CIA, is, you know, now helping him because, you know, she she's also believes that you know what he's doing is is the right thing to do and da 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 this and that and then she's you know driving fast and furious style down the streets and doing this and doing that. Ryan is freaking running on runaway trains and uh, you know buildings blowing up all around him. You know in the middle of a court square with all this shootout happening and not getting hurt and you know being be able to flip here and flip there and all that stuff like that dodging bullets all over the place it was insane insane but it was fun it was a lot of fun um that was like the probably the most in, in nutty intense action scene in the whole movie and if you wanted like a good uh litmus test of what the russos can do when it comes to action scenes boom you had it right there I mean, you already saw what they could do with the Captain Americas. You already saw what they could do with the Infinity War and Endgame. But this is just like real world Michael Bay kind of nuttiness. You know, Bruckheimer, all that stuff. Insert over the top action directors here type of, you know, sequences. 
Um, but like I said, it was very entertaining. Um, as far as the performances are concerned, you know, I thought Ryan felt at home with the the role of court. You know, he is, I guess, technically the Captain America of this movie. Uh, or maybe more in alignment with a Jason Bourne or, uh, you know, Ethan Hunt, right? Because it, it is very Mission Impossible-like, you know. Um, or if you want to compare it to Lethal Weapon, he's probably more along the lines of the Mel Gibson. Ana de Armas is like Danny Glover, but that's not even a good comparison because she's not old and she's not complaining how oh, she's too old for this shit or whatever. But the team-up of Ryan and Ana... And Ana de Armas was very well done. I thought they they worked really well together. And God, I I want to see more of Ana de Armas. I really do. She, when you know after, especially after seeing her in in the last James Bond movie, and now seeing her here, I want to see more of her in action movies. I also do want to see more of her in the serious side. That's why I'm very excited for Blonde coming out. Um, when she's portraying the Marilyn Monroe character there. So I'm very, very uh, excited to see what she can do with that type of movie. But the chemistry they had together was great. Like I said before, Chris Evans is brilliant as the villainous character here. You know, previously we saw kind of like a sort of villainous role in Knives Out. You know, he was playing kind of like a, you know, not favorable type of character. But you could tell that Chris has a lot of fun doing this. You know, a lot of it is tongue in cheek and, and smirks and all this kind of stuff like that. But there are moments where he could be very, you know, uh, very uh, menacing, you know, and it's nice to see him kind of get out of that whole Boy Scout role, you know, because he's been playing Captain America for how long now? Right. So it is kind of hard to not see that. You know, like I, I admit, as I was watching the movie, I was like, oh, it's Steve Rogers with a mustache, um, you know, but allow yourself to kind of put that out, out of your head. And I think Chris did a really good job there. Um, you could tell like the actors really trust the Russos and the Russos are also very comfortable with working with the same people. Um, because I, I feel like that's what made the movie seamless, you know, especially with Chris Evans the guy who played Sierra four was also in the Marvel universe. Um, you know, I mean, Ryan wasn't or Ana de Armas wasn't, but I could see how they could be, you know, I mean, they, I feel like they fit right in with it all. Um, the one unfortunate thing is like, I'm a big fan of Jessica Henwick. I think she, She's had great roles in the past. You know, if you've watched Devs, I thought she was really good in that. Uh, Ex Machina back in the day. But her character was very downplayed in, in this movie. Um, it started to pick up more at the end. But at that point, it was just like, all right, we're just closing out the movie. And now you're kind of rising here. So it would be really, really great to see how... Uh, how her character progresses once they continue on with this franchise. Uh, because throughout most of the movie, she was just sitting back and being like, why are you doing this? We're going to get arrested. Oh, as Chris Evans is just going nuts, sending people and people and people to their deaths, trying to like get capture uh, Ryan, you know, Ryan's character there. And she's just like, this is illegal. Blah, 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 blah. You know, I would love, to, but then at the end, she's just like, 
you know, with the final battle at the end between Court and Lloyd, right, which was okay, but I felt like this was like one of the more annoying parts of the movie because every time Chris Evans got hurt, he always had something smart to say, right? He was like, oh, that's smart, <laughs> and all that. Um, but, you know, she seeing that he's already down and out, she just goes and shoots him, right? Um, so I felt like you are now seeing the potential of her character coming out. And, but it was a little bit too late, you know. So that was a little bit disappointing. And like I said, Billy Bob Thornton was great. Alfred Woodard for her small role was really good. Danush. Danush, 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 Danush. That dude is fast. He's great with action scenes. He's kind of slippery and, and sly. And he has swagger and all that. Like, that dude was phenomenal again i would love to see uh him in more movies like this more american movies you know he's already been he's already very popular and and well known um in india uh and all that um but i would really really love to see more of him um so yeah so the acting like i said the ensemble cast was really good yeah, you know, and you, you could see here, like, there are just so many people in this movie. Um, and every, like I said, the chemistry was really on point. I thought, you know, they did a really good job there. You know, the actions, the movie itself, the pacing, I mean, it's probably going to, that's the thing that's probably going to throw a lot of people off. Because, like I said, if, you've, if you're familiar with fast-paced movies, especially action movies, buckle up. Because this just turns it up to 11. It's just insane on how fast everything was um i was mentioning marvelisms and bringing the marvel style to their movie i laughed and cracked up at the end credits because even the credits were marvel like you know where they had like the very stylized um imagery of each of the character and some of the action sequences as they're going through the credits and then you know as they're doing the roll call of like ryan gosling they have like a, a they're basically statues right so it's a statue of this scene from a movie or that scene from a movie you know it's very marvel like just like how you've seen with at the ending of like captain america winter soldier or or civil war you know or Endgame, where it's like you know um, sometimes it's drawn out stills or silhouettes and all that stuff. You you know what I'm talking about if you're familiar with the movies and all that. So it, it, I cracked up and I thought it was really, really hilarious to see them kind of use that for themselves. Um, I don't think they've invented that style. I feel like Marvel has already had those type of end credits, like those type of sequencing. So they just, I guess they just, you know, they said like, well, we could borrow that, right? What are you guys going to do? You're not going to say anything. Um, so, yeah. But overall, like I said, I was very entertained. Um, I thought they did a really good job. Um, you know, I am curious to see where this can go for the franchise. Um, but at the same time, I am also very curious to see what else the Russos can do. Um, they can do action. Uh, you know, they started their careers in comedy. Can they do a comedic movie, like a full-on comedy? I would love to see something like that. But, of course, me being, you know, kind of uh, referential and kind of like, I, I, you know, I like what I like um, and territorial, I should say, um, I would love to see them go eventually go back to Marvel, 
and do other Marvel movies because their style fits the Marvel um, tone and the Marvel um, framework extremely well. You know, like I said, you watch this movie, it totally feels like a Marvel movie with the exception of like there are no known characters in it. So, yeah, so I'm very, very curious to see what else they can do um, moving forward on their own. But, um, yeah, not much really to talk about, you know, about this movie. Like, again, like I said before, I am very curious to hear what all of you think about the movie. Was this something that maybe you weren't interested in watching? Then maybe, you know, I piqued your interest a a teeny bit. I've been told that in the past where, you know, someone was not interested in the movie. And then after hearing me talk about it, they changed their mind. They watched it and that they were happy that they did. Uh, One good example of that would be Everything Everywhere All at Once. You know, that was a very unknown movie when it first came out. Not a lot of people knew about it. But after hearing the conversation I had with Blake about it, they decided to go out and watch it and they were so happy that they did. So I wonder, now I'm not going to say that this is the same thing. This is not an everything, everywhere, all at once thing. First of all, this is definitely more accessible. It's on Netflix and a lot of you have Netflix. Um, It's just, you know, taking the time out and and watching it, giving, giving it a shot. And I think if anything, if you are a fan of the Marvel movies, if you are a fan of you know, old school move, you know, action movies. Like, like I said, I can, I can go down the list. Lethal weapon, rush hour, speed, the rock, um, maybe some Beverly Hills cop, you know, just like a lot of those like classic action movies. This has a lot of those feels in it. Um, and you can tell that they, um, structured and, and, you know, took a lot of lessons learned from being fan of a fan of those movies and making their own movie kind of, you know, in in homage to all of those movies from the past. And I'm sure the movies that they grew up with. So, so yeah, like I said, shorter episode this week. Um, definitely, we'll be back next week with another episode. Hopefully, Blake uh, and I can uh, sort our schedules and be uh, on together. But. Again, let me know what you think of the movie. Let me know if this is something that was up your alley or if you were disappointed with it. Regardless of the case, would love to hear your thoughts. Um, But that is the episode this week. Again, stay tuned for a future episode coming next week again. uh, I think next week, well, there are two movies coming out next week. So there's uh, Bodies, 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 and then there's Bullet Train. So I guess we'll decide what we're going to talk about if we could get our schedule sorted there. Um, But thank you again for joining uh, and watching. Again, if you want to follow me, you see all the handles on the screen there um, in front of you. All the description, all the the links and everything can be found in the description of this episode. Do subscribe, hit that like button, comment, please comment. Let me know your thoughts about everything. Hit that notification bell so that you could be notified of future uploads and if you listen on audio formats uh loki geek channel right there audio on your um, podcast platform of choice look for this episode and look for any of our previous episodes there um so really appreciate all the support i'll see you all next week stay cool stay classy stay safe stay safe i'm renee this has been movie time peace out y'all bye-bye